and welcome to NXT Talk, the show where we talk about all things NXT. We're your hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. First and foremost, uh, rest in peace to Scott Hall. Just uh, absolute Hall of Famer, one of the coolest wrestlers to ever do it. Somebody who changed the game, man. He changed professional wrestling, and he made it cool when I was a kid. And, man, yeah, just fond memories of that guy. Uh, my mom crushing on him. <laughs> I remember that razor Ramon, good looking cat. You know, I can respect that mama bear, but, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, just, uh, you know, a sad couple days here for wrestling fans and, uh, Scott Hall will be missed. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, 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 he was the first guy who really made it very cool in my, my generation to be a cool heel. You know, I know he wasn't the first, but he was the first one for me. And like I talked yeah. about on Sunday's show, you know, my main memory of him were those original Razor Ramon commercials, right? Him in the car, him in the restaurant, you know, all those commercials. That's what really stands out for me of Hall, of Razor Ramon. And I thought he was always cool because he was like, for me, the first wrestler that flat out said he's the bad guy. You know, he's he's the heel. But yeah. he was so cool at doing that that he just, you know, he 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 really did change the games in so many ways, right? Like him and a lot of people around him, but you got to give him so much credit, right? Like it just it's it's unreal. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just like he could have been a world champion for sure, but uh I, hopefully when the story of Scott Hall is told, the negatives aren't necessarily focused on, and they do probably have to be mentioned, but man, he was, he brought so much positivity, so much good to the wrestling business and was so smart and was willing to impart that wisdom with the younger generation. It seems and a lot of people, a lot of wrestlers who you wouldn't necessarily would think have interacted with Scott Hall, reached out with pictures and photos and stories of advice and stuff. And it was just really nice to see, like he cared a lot about wrestling and wrestlers. Exactly, and like you know, so tomorrow on Bam, we are going to go through the top ten Scott Hall matches, and there's a couple matches that I've heard of that I was able to watch, and one of them being his match in Japan with this young lion known as Tanahashi. Yes, yeah. Have you seen the the Tanahashi promo? It's on Reddit. Tanahashi just did a promo, I think, after this most recent New Japan Cup match, and we won't spoil the ending, but he references. Uh, a legendary wrestler telling him that one day he would be the future of this business. And Tanahashi says he wants to make him proud. And yeah. it was just an incredible promo. I got choked up watching it. And, and, and it was in Japanese, you know what I mean? But it was still, you can see the emotion. Tanahashi's so great. And Scott Hall was right. He called it. Well, the crazy part is the whole story around that, right? Goes to New Japan, this huge star in the States, fights a young lion for about eight minutes and puts the kid over. Yeah, exactly. In classic Scott Hall fashion. And that helped, obviously. That did did not hurt Hiroshi Tanahashi's career. Exactly. It's just crazy, right? You know, the, the, the same can be said of a Sean Waltman, X-Pac, 123 Kid. Like, it's crazy because in it, for someone who was labeled as, you know, as part of the clique and kind of labeled as selfish, you really have to remove him from everyone else in that group because he really did so much for that, for, for, for wrestling and the and the young generation. Yeah, and you could argue there were instances where he maybe tried to do that but didn't try hard enough. Like Hector Garza comes to mind, Chris Jericho comes to mind, but, but, but. At the end of the day, he wasn't really cutting off young talent, and he wasn't 
focused solely on himself. He was focused on the on the well-being of the wrestling business. He did want to leave it in better hands than he found it. And I think he did, man. I think he accomplished that goal. Wrestling was better off when he left it because of him. Yeah. You know what the biggest shock of my life was? One of the biggest shocks. Number one, Santa isn't real. Number two, wrestling <laughs> whoa, whoa, isn't whoa, whoa. real. Number whoa. three, whoa. <laughs> Razor <a> Ramon <laughs> isn't Latino. <laughs> right? He got a pass from the Latino community because he was so good at playing the character. It's funny because like, <laughs> I, 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 like, I know people who are so critical of how Latinos are portrayed in media and whatnot, right? Like, I can be one of those to a certain extent. Um, but you're right. Scott Hall caught a pass for something that <laughs> so many other people would get completely ragged on. Scott Hall got a pass because he was so cool at it. Exactly. And part of it, too, is it happened in 1992 and not 2022. But at the same time, man, he's not remembered like some of the other like terrible wrestling characters. He's remembered as a classic and a great character because he was cool. He did ooze machismo, Boris. He did. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, tomorrow on BAM, we're going to go through the top 10 Scott Hall matches. We're going to go through a couple other things. But that's really going to be the focus of the show. But today's focus, Matt, is going to be on NXT and I think I've cracked the code of NXT. I think I finally figured out where NXT is f just flailing. Yes. Now, uh, I, you've, you've pitched this one by me. So I want to preface this by saying, don't cancel Boris yet. Let him explain his take. But I think I agree. And it's just sad how far this particular aspect of the show has fallen. And that's us. the thing. Let me explain this properly. <laughs> <laughs> NXT. Black and gold. Matt, what was it known for? And don't you love how I'm bringing you into this argument. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just wrote me into this one real good. No, but it was known for a lot of things. Great in-ring wrestling and great in-ring wrestling in the women's division and giving the best female wrestlers a chance to shine. How many times did Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett call NXT Black and Gold's women's division the best women's division in all of wrestling? Pretty often. It was it was like a tagline, but I think we agreed with it at the time, too. Yeah, it wasn't one of those things where it was the best women's division in WWE. It was the best women's division in all of wrestling. And some can argue it wasn't, but it was really strong, really well booked. Sometimes the women were just more over than the men. Fast forward to September of 2021, NXT 2.0, the rainbow brand, and here we are with... You know, the women's division, and this I noticed yesterday, it's not even being uh, touted as the best division in all of wrestling anymore. No. And, Boris, I think you're willing to take it a step further. You're saying, and I just come saying, out and say it. And I will say it. I'll go and say it. NXT 2.0, the biggest failure of NXT 2.0 is its women's division. We've often talked about taking a look at NXT 2.0, you know, by the segment. And I was doing that yesterday, my friend. And then I realized every segment that involved the women's division was atrocious, whether it be <laughs> horrible acting, horribly booked, horrible in-ring. And I'm, again, this I'm not trying to crap on the women's division too much, but this is where NXT 2.0 is failing right now. And, and it just sucks because there is so much talent 
You have so much talent. You have raw athletes like Lash Legend. You have raw yeah, people who will just get over, you know, like Nikita Lyons. You have amazing wrestlers like Io Shirai, like Sarai, like Dakota Kai, like Raquel Gonzalez. You know, you have people who have so much potential like Cora Jade. And these segments are just sometimes the most atrocious things on WWE TV week in and week out. Yeah. So I I don't think that this week was as bad. Maybe I thought Cora J did well, but they oh, were Cora very Jade cheesy. Did good for yeah. what she was getting. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, no, I, yeah, you, your point is, your point is pretty much bang on, man. Yeah. The women's division is terrible. It has gotten terrible and it's just because it's not treated as serious wrestling anymore. Even the mid card feud is Sarai getting attacked before she can morph into a power ranger and wrestle her match. So she loses in a minute because she, she got beaten up backstage before she could morph. You know what I mean? That's where we're at. And it's Jerry Springer level like drama. And it's like people make it out in the ring. And yeah, women's wrestling has taken uh, a giant step backwards. They are sprinting in the wrong direction on this show. It's 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 like flirting with 1999 territory. It's not quite putting matches, Boris, but it's like just a step above that. <laughs> And half a step above that. It's not even a full step, and that's a scary part. And the thing that gets to me the most, Matt, is, like I said, these women have potential. They have talent. They're good. But, you know, it, it, the powers that be just don't know how to book them. This is what they think the women's division should be. History has shown that this is what these people in charge right now think a women's division should be, and it's absolute bullshit. Because these women are so talented, they deserve so much more than what they're being given. Let them go out there, let them put on matches, and I can guarantee you that the NXT women's division could be the best women's division in all of wrestling. But as it stands right now, the NXT women's division might be one of the worst in all of wrestling. Well, it comes back to like my overall arching point with the whole NXT 2.0 versus 1.0. William Regal and Triple H at the end of the day were pro wrestlers who love and respect wrestling in the ring. To quote Terry Funk, spelled W-R-E-S-T-L-I-N-G, wrestling. You know, that's what they are here to do. But Bruce Pritchard and Kevin Dunn don't have that in their blood. They're here to produce a television show, and yep. that's the difference. And you see that difference most glaringly in the women's division. Yeah, that, and that's, uh, that's the unfortunate part. Because, you know, there's so much that we can rag on on NXT 2.0. Um, and, and right now, I'm picking the women's division because it's such a far cry. It's such a difference from where we were a year ago. Dude, a year ago, Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez. Stand oh, and man. deliver, night one. That show being carried by EO, by Candice LeRae, who is arguably the best North American female wrestler going right now. If not, I think she's top three or five. She's incredible in the ring. Carried by Tony Storm, who's out of the business now because WWE disenfranchised her so much. And just, she they, they pulled a Johnny Jeter with her. She just doesn't like wrestling anymore, it seems like. So, yeah. I feel so bad for Tony Storm. Even Tegan Knox, kind of same thing. Although, they just they just fired her. Uh 
Oh man. Also, it's so sad. If you play as either Tony storm or Tegan Knox, who are both on WWE 2k 22, the announcers are talking about how much they love them and how young they are and how much potential they have, how they're the future and all this. Michael Cole literally says during Tony storm's entrance, here comes one of my favorite new young wrestlers in all of WWE. And she's fired now. She's fired before the game was released. It's crazy. It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah, man, that's where we're at. That's where we're at, buddy. Yep, that's exactly where. And it's the unfortunate part, right? And like it really last night for some reason really highlighted this point for me where the women's division is just in such disarray that, you know, I it, it's something that I really wanted to talk about. You know, so because outside of that, like the show again isn't the worst. It isn't the best, but it isn't the worst. Still better than NWA, my friend. Oh, I bet, man. I, I had three matches on this show at three and a half stars, three and a half, whatever, like three really good matches. You could argue great if you wanted to on this show, but also some fucking nonsense. Cora Jade is locking people in dumpsters and we're having cheesy like Undertaker pop up like where to Stephanie moments. You know what I mean? In the same promo, in the same promo. Yeah, exactly. It's just... Uh... It's just mind-boggling, man. It's just completely mind-boggling. Anyways, with that said, we have NXT 2.0 from March 15th to get through. We have NXT UK from March 10th to get to. We're not oh, touching oh. level up this this week. <laughs> you wanted to say something about NXT UK. Well, let's just put a pin in it because A-Kid had two awesome matches on our two uh, programs that we'll be talking about. And uh, potential uh, low-level Match of the year contender, a match that might be in the 120s, in the 100s of our list. Excellent. I can't wait. All right. So before we get to NXT, we have to talk about the rating system. Everyone knows our gimmick. Everyone knows that we're done with star ratings. Everyone knows that we have a rating du jour. So, Matt, I believe in honor of Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, we're going to rate each match out of five toothpicks. Yes, gold around his fingers, gold around his wrist, gold around his neck, Boris, gold around his waist. Rest in peace again to Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. And yeah, toothpicks out of five. Got to be done this week. Yep. All right. So as the show opened, we get the in memory of Scott Hall. Uh, we get a teaser recapping last week's NXT main event where Dolph Ziggler became the new NXT champion. Uh, Vic Joseph, Wade Barrett were on commentary. Then your boy, your favorite, The Miz, opens yeah. up the show with Miz TV. Miz was cheered until he mentioned Logan Paul. Uh, Miz went on to hype his WrestleMania match a bit. He then introduced Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode to the show. Um, they make their entrance. Ziggler talks about how being the champion just feels right. Miz said he respects how Dolph goaded Braun Breaker into putting his title on the line. Uh, Miz... Then had the production truck show Braun Breaker's day at the WWE Performance Center via security cam and roaming cameras. Breaker couldn't find Ziggler and was sent home by WWE coaches. Miz said Dolph doesn't have to worry about Breaker uh, messing up Miz TV. Dolph said he is a fighting champion. But before he can get the next sentence, LA Knight makes his entrance. LA Knight starts out with his let me talk to ya catchphrase. Knight congratulates Ziggler for becoming the new NXT champion. Knight said that if Breaker can't help, can't make it, then Ziggler should defend his title against Knight. Ziggler said he's a fighting champion, but he only fights superstars, so Knight would just have to wait. Miz said he thinks that Knight will be a big deal someday, just not now. Knight then said he's not just a superstar, he's a megastar. Knight said that Ziggler claims that he is 
that this is his show, but this is the L.A. Night show. Uh, Knight said that if Ziggler thinks this is how this is his show, then show me. Ziggler said he only wrestles in main events. And whenever Knight discovers the main event, then he'll find him there. Miz announced that this week's main event will be Dolph Ziggler versus LA Knight for the NXT Championship. <laughs> so who made Miz boss? Um, anyway, it's just kind of funny that he yeah. just has booking power now. Well, yeah, that happens in wrestling all the time, I guess, whatever. But yeah, oh man, it just like, I think... And I can appreciate that the Miz is objectively good. Like he is, he can speak, he can get his point across. He has some level of charisma, but subjectively, I think watching this, I, I, I realize that Miz is the reason why I hate Monday Night Raw so much. Like legitimately hate it. I hate watching Monday Night Raw. I refuse to do it. You can't make me. I'll do it like once a year for a podcast just to talk about how much I despise it. But I think the thing I hate the most in all of WWE is The Miz. I just hate how he talks. I hate his dumb teacher energy when my hand goes up your mouth goes shut like i just don't want to be talked to like i'm a child when i watch wrestling you know what i mean i already feel childish watching this fucking shit you know this dumb fake fighting product it just reminds me how stupid wrestling is when miz is in there it breaks the illusion for me the fourth wall is broken and i'm just watching this guy recite a script well but not well enough to to remind me, like to make me forget about it, man. I don't know. I just I hate the Miz so much. So while I thought this was good Miz, good Miz to me is still zero out of ten. You know what I mean? In my personal opinion. Wow, why don't you tell me how you really feel? Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> yeah, sorry. Just I really went for it. <laughs> oh, I freaking love it. Absolutely love it. All right, man. Uh, so yeah, no. So this was okay. You know, L.A. Knight, L.A. Knight. Interesting story here. Because I got to say, I never thought L.A. Knight would work as a face. But I think he's subjectively better as a face right now than he was as yeah. a heel. I, I see. I didn't see enough like impact wrestling or enough of him anywhere else to really make that call. But I, he is better in NXT as a face than he was as a heel. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, and, and, and like I said, you know, Cameron Grimes, L.A. Knight, those two need to move to the main roster ASAP. Or not. Absolutely. Or not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, LA Knight, Grimes could last in NXT a little longer. I'd be okay with seeing him like win the NXT title and have like a run here uh, as the top guy because he's that talented. LA Knight is just, he's he's getting close to 40. I think he's got to go right away. Put him on the main roster tomorrow. Yeah. All right. So Cameron Grimes and Legado del Fantasma were shown at different parts backstage heading to the ring. Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams made their entrance because they wanted to get an up close and personal view, front row view of this match. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Cora Jade about attacking Mandy Rose last week. Jade noted that Raquel Gonzalez is going to be out of action for four to six weeks. Jade noted that she was going to avenge Raquel, and she knows that toxic attraction will come after her. Jade revealed that she stole the women's title belts, uh, all three belts, and that toxic attraction has Jade. Uh, yeah. Yeah. At this at this moment, I actually thought, well, this was pretty good. And I could tell it was going to be a runner, and I was going to hate it more and more, and that's exactly what happened. But at this moment, I was like, yeah, hey, that was a good promo from Cora Jade. She did well with the horrible script. Yeah. There's something about her delivery. It's just so innocent, for lack of a better yeah. word. Yeah. 
I don't know. She has, she projects her character very well, and maybe it's just her real personality. Maybe that's I, whatever it is. She has like uh, she has a charm, and she does have like she when she speaks and the way she acts, you kind of feel like you get this person, and that's what it's about. You got to project some kind of character, and she does. Can you imagine if Cora Jade stayed in her original character? Because if you remember last year at this time, she was she was the one teaming up with Gigi Dolan. That would have been a terrible use of her, and I'm glad she got out of it. Yeah, she was J.C. Jane, generic hot girl. Yep, sure. All right, so one of the best lines, number one, commentary, best part of NXT last night. Like, it was, they were so on point. But I believe the line of the night goes to Carmelo uh, because he said that he embarrassed Pete Dunne so much, he sent them packing and forced them to change his name. I love that. Yeah. Trick had some good lines in this match and Wade had some good ones throughout the show, but that one made me laugh too. Yeah. Probably line of the night. Tip of the cap to you, Mello. Yep. So this was to set us up for the Cameron Grimes versus Santos Escobar uh, for a spot in the North American Championship ladder match at Stand and Deliver. So this match, great match. But again, I love the fact that Carmelo Hayes is out there saying, I can do what I want. He is yes. so confident in his abilities that he will take everyone on. Yeah, he wants to have a ladder match so he can beat everyone while dunking on them because he's Carmelo Hayes. That's uh, we, we talked about this last week, but I actually like it a lot. I think it's smart. I wanted to bring it up again because I see people saying, he's the heel. Why is he calling his shot for this match? Why does he want to defend against four other people? Yada, yada, yada. Exactly. It's just like, well, listen to him. He's telling you why. You don't have to stick to one formula. Wrestling would be terribly boring if everything had to be the exact same. Yep. And I have to admit, I went into this match 100% thinking Santos Escobar was going to do what Santos Escobar does best. (laughs) (laughs) And that's stare at the lights. Yep. Stare at the lights. So I was pleasantly surprised. This match was fun. This match was a lot of good. A lot of good. Was very good. It was, <laughs> it was a, lot, a of lot of good. It was a lot of good, my friend. No, but like, no, seriously, this match was a lot of fun. I think that Cameron Grimes and Santos Escobar have this chemistry. You know, the match went about 11 minutes, 30 seconds. And I wish I got yep. five more minutes. But for an NXT TV match with commercials or picture in picture in this case, it was perfect. Um, I love the end. So the end. Uh, so Grimes escapes a thrill of the hunt uh, and nailed Escobar with a super kick. Grimes went for a cave-in, but Escobar c- catches him and he hits him with a thrill of the hunt. This time for the win. Yes, the phantom driver sit-out fireman's carry uh, bomb thing that he uses. And yeah, it it wasn't clean because there was some interference from Legato. But it was about as clean as you'll get a heel victory in NXT. Like, he didn't, like, hit him with a chair. There was a slight distraction. And then he reversed a finish into his own finish and won. So yeah, Santos Escobar with a decisive W over a strong character here in Cameron Grimes. Very, very nice. Okay, another thing I want to bring up. The crowd. I'm yeah. telling you, as over as Cameron Grimes is, Santos Escobar isn't much underneath him. 
No, people love Santos, man. They're starting to recognize, oh, shit, Santos Escobar is, like, great. He's it's great at this. No shit. And you, were, you were the first one on the bandwagon, buddy. I I, I still think Andrade is better overall. Oh, you know nothing. <laughs> Santos, is, Santos is great, man. He's a good promo. He's a good wrestler. There's nothing the guy can't do except be 6'5". Yep, that's the unfortunate part. But, you know, this is the thing that gets to me, right? Santos Escobar, he is... Good enough in the ring. You know, good to great in the ring. Depends on yeah. who he's in the ring with. And he has something, though, that a lot of Latino wrestlers don't have. Promo skills. Yeah, man, honestly. And, like, Andrade does have a charisma, but Santos does circles around him promo-wise. Even in Spanish, like, when he speaks Spanish, I believe it and, like, you know what I mean? I can see the fire and the passion, but he's obviously like a, a well-spoken, excellent promo in English. So, yeah, man, absolutely. The match itself, I thought this was the best match on the show. I would go three and a half toothpicks out of five, 70%. And like you said, if we got five more minutes on a takeover, probably at least four, four and a quarter. But yeah, for what we got, three and a half toothpicks out of five. Yep. And speaking of the crowd, man, this NXT crowd is really, really buying into NXT 2.0 now. Yeah, they're back to normal, I would say, the crowd is. The crowd is back to normal. They're, they want to support this brand. They want to like the matches and the wrestlers, and they are trying to get people over. Yeah, it's, it's, it really does feel like this Orlando crowd treats NXT 2.0 as their local indie show. Yeah, exactly right. It is. It is their local indie show to yeah, some extent. To some extent. All right. Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray cut a promo about how they were coming after Toxic Attraction after they win the Dusty Cup. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No. This was a this was a solid promo. I actually quite like this. I like that they're kind of becoming better friends than Io and Zoe ever were, just because they're similarly built you know they're crazy bitches who want to hurt people and Zoe's a nice lady you know she's just uh she's a an athlete who means well and EO and Kaylee are crazy so they're bonding over their craziness I kind of like this like long long uh term storytelling yeah speaking of bonding over crazy Wendy Chu was chatting with Dakota Kai uh backstage toxic attraction showed up looking for their title belts Kai got in Rose's face about how they didn't need toxic attractions help Mandy Rose said they did it because they can. Toxic Attraction left with Rose saying that they'll leave pieces of Cora Jade uh, that Kai can pick up later. Yeah, this was like embarrassing. Yeah, this bad. Was bad. This was pro bad. wrestling. This was just bad. very bad. This just really a bad. very bad promo. This is horrible. This is embarrassing. Eyes bulging this... out of heads and, and Dakota Kai is a baby face, crazy crackhead who talks to herself. And this whole thing is just a mess. It's just a disaster from start to finish. This promo single handedly gave me the ammo for my opening rant <laughs> there you go all right then from that we go to Kashida versus a kid like what a roller coaster <laughs> that 1999 wcw women's division promo and i don't even think they had a women's division in 1999 but that level they did of uh, sable period yeah, yeah. but uh uh any, anyway we go from that terrible promo to like Literally, without exaggeration, the best five minutes of pure wrestling since 2.0 started. Yeah. A Kid versus Kushida just had a five minute clinic. Yeah, go watch it. It's five minutes of your time. I, yeah. you know, I, we can't even recap this. It was great technical wrestling. A Kid, he's so freaking good. It's crazy how good A Kid is. Like, and Kushida, but A Kid, man, 
Oh man, if he was just a little bigger, he would be a superstar yeah. anywhere. Yeah. So if Zack Saber Jr. is a ten out of ten technical wrestler, if he's ten, he's the best you could possibly be. A kid's what nine point five, maybe nine point nine, nine point nine. I'm gonna if, give him a nine point nine. Uh, uh, fair man 9.9 if ricochet is a 10 that's the best high flyer or ray phoenix or whoever you like is is a 10 the best high flyer what's a kid eight and a half eight worst and a half. nine yeah yeah eight and a half. so that's that, that's where we're at with a kid selling bumping if jeff hardy is a 10 what's a kid like eight nine you know what i mean like yeah. he's so good at everything he's so good at everything like i love this guy and yeah. I hope he makes it into that ladder match. But I also hope Grayson Waller's in the ladder match, too. So it'll be very interesting next week to see who wins. A-Kid versus Grayson Waller. But, yeah, give this guy a push. Put him on the main roster. See what happens. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't 24-7 know what title is what happens. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly what would happen. They would, they would, yeah, they would have him eating a Serrano ham backstage in a vignette. <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is another, uh, three and a half toothpicks out of five. I just wish it was 10 minutes longer, but still very, very good. Probably the second best match on the show. Yep. We get, yeah, <laughs> exactly. I don't, I don't, nothing else to say about this match. Four minutes, 58 seconds, a kid wins. Go watch it. Go out of your way. Yeah. Boom. And we've said this before about A-Kid, but his finisher is, he calls it the DDT-97. And if you remember the Mysterio versus Eddie Guerrero Halloween Havoc 1997 match, where Mysterio does the springboard moonsault DDT, A-Kid's made that his finisher. And that's an incredibly hard move to do. And honestly, he pulls it off better on NXT UK every week than he did here. It didn't quite, it wasn't the best on Kushida, but it's like... Difficulty difficulty on that is so intensely high. The issue with that move, and this is the the one issue I have with his finisher, is that as perfect as he can execute it, he needs someone to help him execute it. That's a really good and point. Like, yeah. it, it, Kushida can do it, but this yeah. is his first attempt at this move that in 1997 was like, holy shit, we're never going to see it, this it, again. The, the the exactly the degree of difficulty is such that if you try it every week, you're gonna screw it up a couple of times. It just is that way. Yeah. So yeah, you know, again, no knock on a kid, but I would for sure, like if I were a kid, I would change his my finisher. Like it, it just, you know, as cool as it is, as awesome as it is, and beautiful as it looks, you know, eight out of ten times, I think that it's just not gonna look as good as it should because, you know, not not through a kid's abilities. And not through yeah. his opponent's abilities, but how many times does his opponent have to go through that, right? No, exactly. It's just it, it's the kind of thing that requires timing and practice. And uh, yeah, so I would I would fully support a kid getting a reliable submission finisher, even the ankle lock or something. You know, like just just a good old school submission finisher that you know and you instantly go, yes, that could win a match. Yep, and we're gonna be talking more about a kid later. All right, so. We go from that match to the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, and she's interviewing El General Santos Escobar. <laughs> love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. So Escobar said stand and deliver will be his time, and he'll be the new North American champion because he's the greatest luchador of all time, co-signed. Then this up-and-comer, Rey Mysterio, comes up. <laughs> You were just waiting to see what was I, what I was going to say. <laughs> I bet you his career is older than Santos Escobar is. Yes, 100% it is. I, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> There's no way Santos is 33, is he? 
Mysterio is 33 years in the business. Vamp for like a couple seconds. <laughs> was it 33? Did I read that correctly? That sounds a little high because I am turning 35, which means he debuted in 1989. Is that is that true? Well, did Mysterio debut in 89? Yeah. So, so he did, number one. Number wow. two, Santos Escobar is actually older than me. Oh, no way. He's 37. So he's a, is he? Wow, so Santos is a sneaky L.A. Knight type. He needs to go onto the main roster yesterday. Yeah, see, yeah, it doesn't surprise me, right? Like, Latinos look one of two ways. Like, life kicked you in the ass. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, you have taken the proverbial bull by the horns and you have kicked life's ass. Yeah. And Santos looks like he's kicking life's ass, man. I could have, you could have told me literally he was 24, not 37. Yeah, like, honestly, like, even, like, myself, like, it's funny, because I feel like I've looked the same my entire life, um, you know, and, and and when I was younger, everyone always thought I was older, but now that I'm, you know, 36, 37, I have people assuming that I'm, like, 28, and I'm like, gracias. All right, <laughs> back to the show. Um, yeah, some some up-and-comer, Rey Mysterio shows up, uh, Escobar shook hands with the Mysteri- with, with Rey, Walden Mendoza started to fanboy over Rey, Dominic said the best luchador is Rey, Rey said the man to take Lucha Libre into the next generation is Dominic, Walden Mendoza laughed it off, Dominic said he'd fight whoever is willing to step up, Mendoza seemingly, seemingly accepted Dominic's challenge. Yeah, so Dominic Mysterio on your NXT TV, and it seems like we're going to get Santos versus Ray. Man, yep. that'll be we're fun. We're going to get the world's greatest luchador of all time versus Ray Mysterio. <laughs> well, we saw it coming, but you know what? You have to. You, you got to shoot your shot sometimes, Boris. Well you done. know I had to, and you've heard this joke like <laughs> 10 times already. <laughs> so I, I especially knew it was coming. <laughs> I'm still laughing at my own. <laughs> okay, let's move on. Let's oh, move on. So then, so we then. go from this amazing promo setting oh, up, like, you know, literally like a battle of the generations, like a, a promo speaking to the soul of the wrestling fan, especially you more than me. We go from that to Tiffany Stratton and Sarai. <laughs> so here I have in my notes, holy fuck, what just happened? <laughs> <laughs> So Sarai was about to make her entrance before she morphed into uh, pretty soldier Sailor Sarai. She was beaten up by (laughs) Tiffany Stratton. Stratton beat up Sarai uh, into the ring. Sarai wasn't able to henshin. Vic Joseph actually let out the line. Sarai wasn't able to transform. So we had Tiffany Stratton versus Schoolgirl. Schoolgirl Sarai. I can't believe I am honestly saying any of these things out loud and then tiffany on a stratton defeats a 10th grader with the 360 vader bomb in a minute and 37 seconds uh it's just so funny the ups and downs the ebbs and flows this show is a is a roller coaster this show is just batshit insane but we went from santos escobar and Rey mysterio having an awesome little promo setting up uh, a match between like the the present and the perhaps the future of luchadors in WWE to like this just 1990s like maybe this this would have been made fun of if it happened in WWF in 1995 you know what i mean can next you, next to like Freddie Joe Floyd and the plumber please continue can you imagine vic joseph audibly with a straight face having to say sarai wasn't able to transform ah uh. 
man. So like in canon, she morphs. She she like ah, uh, it, it's it's part of the storyline. She's basically I don't know the Undertaker. She's she has magical powers, Boris. She straight up has magical powers. And like AEW, other wrestling promotions, they'll do things, but they try to have a thread of logic to explain them. Like the Black Mist and stuff, like uh, the the whole House of Black. Brian Alvarez has done this right before, but you can explain every single thing they've done. Like the lights go out, they physically walk to a new place. They put black shit in their mouth to scare you. Like they're, they're, they don't have mystical powers julia hart didn't turn evil and join the house of black like a lot of people wanted to fantasy book you know what i mean like but in wwe bray wyatt like sets people on fire and gets set on fire and just like there's no there's not ever a thread of logic with the shit it's just random dumb stuff that happens they have a fucking power they have a mighty morphin power ranger sailor moon she's a she's a character on the show it's absurd did you rate this match can we just rate this and move on I mean, like, yeah, it's very, very hard to rate. Let's just go. I don't know. Let's let's go one. We're gonna go one uh, toothpick out of five. It, 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 Tiffany Stratton's looking good. She, the three sixty Vader bomb looks good. The uh, the China style handspring uh, stinger splash thing looks good. She's improving. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's improving. All right. La Knight meets up with Gunther. Gunther said that Knight talked his way to a title match and didn't use his skill. Gunther said Knight is an embarrassment to the sport. Knight said his mouth gives him charisma, and Guther needs to find some. Uh, Knight said he has a match to prepare for. Yeah. Yeah, I, re- I like this, actually. Knight with a good line. It's sports entertainment. You got the first part down. Call me when you start finding the second. Or I forget exactly how he... I think I stole the line from the opening yeah. promo. But yeah, uh, it was it was a pretty good promo here by LA Knight. I like this a lot, and it's setting up LA Knight versus Walter. Weird, but okay. Who? Ah. Oh, ah. Uh, Gunta. Yeah. Um, yeah. So one thing that I noticed is I love the fact that WWE allows Gunther to call this a sport. Yeah, that is actually kind of nice. It, I didn't even think of that, but it is. It, it's so out of uh, character for WWE. Well, that's the funny part. It's it's because it is his character. The mm-hmm. only way that you can call wrestling a sport is if it is literally in your character. <laughs> To that, make that it realistic, like it's so sport. crazy. Yeah. The logic is That's amazing it. sometimes in WWE. <laughs> oh man! Speaking of logic, and speaking of WWE, and speaking of great stuff, Tommaso Ciampa was heading to the ring from backstage. Then we cut to JC Jane. She's looking for Cora Jade. She found her title belt, pulled it down. She pulls a trigger, a trap. Do- Fuck! I can't believe I'm saying this shit. <laughs> <laughs> It triggers a trap door, which trapped Jane in a cage. Jade taunted Jane. This uh, this crossed over into so bad it's good territory for me. But don't get it twisted. Very bad. We're reviewing Looney Tunes at this point. But I did actually laugh. (laughs) 100%. This is a Wile E. Coyote bullshit (laughs) stunt here. (laughs) We we watched a Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner promo. Or an Elmer Fudd. Uh, uh, oh my God! What? Yes, yes. Oh, Jay Samity Sam, bro, <laughs> Boris. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! Like, do you hear the words that you say sometimes on this show? <laughs> like, out of a, 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 a an absolute, uh, like, uh, uh, like infinity. 
numbers of combinations of words that you can use. Some of the words that I combine to make sentences while we're reviewing NXT 2.0 yeah. just astound me. It's it's truly um, uh, yeah mesmerizing. I can't believe I can't believe what they've done to this great program. Yeah. All right. Tommaso Ciampa made his entrance to the Performance Center. Ciampa sat on the turnbuckle, soaked it in. Ciampa's house chant started. Ciampa said he loves the crowd and wants to talk to everybody about gratitude. He said, uh, this is my life, being here in NXT. Ciampa said he's been doing this for 17 years, and when he was on the indies, he wanted to find a place where people believe in him, a place where they believe that he can be the guy. Ciampa said he had a chance to run with the bell, and that was in NXT, which is part of WWE, the biggest company in the world. I'm going to stop there for a second. You know, we're off as wrestling fans. It's like we're, 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 we're trained to hate everything WWE, right? But we have to remember, WWE, for people around our age, was essentially the only option that a lot of people had. You know, if, if we were oh. to become pro wrestlers, WWE would have been the only option by that point. Oh, dude, like, WWE is Saturday Night Live. You know what yeah. I mean? And no comedian on earth is turning down that audition. Like, you could say that Saturday Night Live sucks now and it hasn't been good for 30 years and uh, who would even watch it and blah, 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 whatever. And guess what? A lot of people say that about WWE. But if you're a performer, you're not turning down that audition. You're just not. Exactly. Like, I think you, I think I think that's the perfect way to put it. WWE is Saturday Night Live, right? Like, it's 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 a staple of the industry. Yeah, exactly right, man. It is the uh, brand. It is yep. Coca-Cola. Yep. All right. He said that uh, gratitude uh, in NXT, or he said that is gratitude, what NXT has given to him. Champa said the good things in life don't come easy. He started to get very emotional as he started soaking in the thank you Champa chance. He talked about how he was in DIY, Bobby Roode's glorious bomb guy, tag team champion, Blackheart and the greatest NXT champion of all time in the last seven years. Champa said he loved to say this was a do-it-yourself story, but he never had to do it himself because he had the NXT crowd behind him. Champa talked about how the crowd were there to cheer or boo him. Champa recalled the takeover show where he got a large amount of boos during his feud with Gargano. He said it's been a long journey of ups and downs, setbacks, surgeries, and then the show transitioned to 2.0. Um, you know, he said the constants were Champa not leaving and the crowd not leaving. The crowd chanted, please don't go. Champa said he actually doesn't know where he's going. Champa said he thought he'd know when the end of his run in NXT would come, when he'll get his fairy tale ending. Champa said that the perfect fairy tale ending should have been walking into stand and deliver as NXT champion, but that opportunity is gone. Champa said that he was supposed to walk into Mania Weekend as champion before, but he had to relinquish the title due to injury. The crowd chanted, one more match to Champa. Champa said he honestly doesn't have the answer to his future. He said he's here to say thank you before it's too late. He said he means it from the bottom of his heart to everyone. Thank you. This is when Tony D'Angelo, A-O-A-O, randomly shows up behind Tommaso Champa holding a crowbar. D'Angelo dropped the crowbar, grabbed the mic, and he said that he could have hit Champa with a crowbar, but he respects Champa too much for that. D'Angelo said he was wondering the last few weeks who he has to beat up uh, to put himself in the history books. D'Angelo said he sees Champa as that guy now. D'Angelo said Champa has been the man 
of NXT for a while, and it would be an honor for for he and Champa to wrestle at Stand and Deliver. Champa shook D'Angelo's hand. D'Angelo put Champa in and need him in the groin. D'Angelo grabbed Champa by the head and said, "After he beats Champa, he'll become the new dawn of NXT." D'Angelo kissed Champa and left him on the mat. Hit him with the line from The Godfather. It was you, Fredo. I knew it was you, except he said it was you, Tommaso. Yeah. And give him the kiss of death, which I actually liked. Obviously, now, Ciampa's bit of this promo was far superior to, to, to Tony's. But Tony is not bad. He can carry his own on the mic. And he, he like Cora Jade, has a 100% understanding of his character, and he projects it at all times. And for real, like that that's like a huge part of the puzzle in wrestling is just projecting some kind of character. It's why people love Orange Cassidy so much. You can't even quite grasp the character, but he's so Orange Cassidy, and that's what people want. Ric Flair was so Ric Flair. Scott Hall, Razor Ramon was so Razor Ramon, and that's what Tony D'Angelo has. So this was actually great. This was the best thing on the show, in my opinion, by far. Yeah, no, this was amazing. That promo by Champa was just... It so came from good. the heart, and you can tell, right? Like, that just came from a place of pure honesty. And on this show with, like, bitches being locked in dumpsters, <laughs> like, it really stood out. A moment of genuine, real heartfelt, uh, you know, appreciation. Yeah. All right, so let's um, fantasy book very quickly. I'm assuming that is going to go over. Yes. What I would love to see is the first NXT TV after Stand Deliver, D'Angelo drops the tracksuit and starts coming out in suits because he's a made man now. That's amazing. I actually love it. He is the dawn of NXT. Great call, buddy. Yep. All right. So, um, Champa, do you think he's going to get the full-time call to the main roster? Uh, well, he's already said in his past that he doesn't want a full-time schedule. Whether that means he can work like raw and a couple pay-per-views now because they don't really do house shows as much maybe he could work out a deal where he doesn't do any house shows at all i don't know my guess is no my guess he's going to actually retire and become a coach and and like and maybe maybe the uh maybe the figurehead gm because he's great a great speaker and he could wrestle a couple times like william regal first did he can wrestle the chris heroes he can wrestle the the john moxley's you know Yeah, we'll see what happens. No, it's just it, it's uh, I'm 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 trying to think of an NXT without Champa and Gargano. I know it's sad, man. It is really crazy. No Champa, no Gargano. It's like the NXT we grew up on, Boris. It's yep. dead. It's gone. Yep. But uh, I really hope that if if Champa does retire, I hope they make him GM. I hope he's in the new William Regal. I think he's a perfect choice for that. Yeah, I think so too. All right, Indy Hartwell versus Persia Prota. I hated this more than the Sarai thing. I thought this was bad. Uh, as bad or worse, uh, they they did their tag team entrance together while fighting, which is like a gimmick that's way cuter on paper than it was watching it. It was just like, oh, they're doing this. So that's kind of it's kind of all right. They had a two minute match, and uh, the uh, the closing uh, angle was uh, embarrassing, cringe. Please, yeah. uh, what did you think, buddy? I thought it was an embarrassment to to women's wrestling. I think that this is 20 steps back from where this division should be. And that's what my rant is about. It has nothing to do with the talent. It has where and how these women are being treated. This is absolute bullshit. You get every stereotype of a woman portrayed in these angles. Yeah, man. It's it's really sad. Like, uh, the sprinting in the opposite direction. And we're often... 
uh, complimentary of Indy Hartwell, her performance in backstage uh, segments. I think she's one of the best actors on the roster, legitimately, male or female, main roster or not. I honestly think that. Persia Parada, ton of potential, great athlete. I agree with you. This was a fucking embarrassment to pro wrestling. This was yep. an embarrassment to pro wrestling, an embarrassment to me as a fan, and I'm busting out my rare negative toothpick rating, Boris. This was minus one star at least. We're going to go minus one toothpick for this. A gigantic embarrassing fail. Yep, agreed 100%. I cannot, cannot even rate this in a positive light. Like, this is so bad. And again, nothing to do with the performers. This is no. 100% booking and everything that the performers have no power over. So yeah, just to briefly, in a nutshell, what actually happened was this tag team that are feuding with each other because girls can't get along uh, because they're fighting over an ex-boyfriend. They uh, they have a two-minute pretty terrible wrestling match that ends with a distraction finish, classic WWE, and then they basically have a makeout contest where with... They're, they're each of their uh, significant others. They just mount them and uh, make out with each other while the crowd, I guess, cheers. I don't know. I don't know why the crowd does try to support NXT, but I think even they were a little confused as to what they were supposed to do with this information. You know what I mean? Yeah, just like, ah, just like this is trashy. It just reminds me of when I, uh, wrestling used to feel like Jerry Springer. It's just trashy. I, I Wrestling doesn't have to be trashy. It's obviously carny trash, but it doesn't have to be. Yep. All right. Gigi Dolan finds her belt on the door of a dumpster. She jumps into the dumpster to retrieve her belt. Cora J traps Dolan in the dumpster by putting a forklift over the lid. Cora J had been watching her Duke the Dumpster Drossy tapes, Boris. Damn. This this was uh, maybe we're setting up a dumpster match, WrestleMania 14 uh, rematch. Yeah, this was it, it, telling that uh, the previous thing was so bad that this was like the show getting back on track somehow. You know, <laughs> that's a sad part. Oh my god. Anyways, where the show truly gets back on track, Legado del Fantasma already in the ring. Dominic Mysterio got a televised entrance, and this leads us into Dominic Mysterio versus Raul. Mendoza this match went about three minutes and I know a lot of people give Dominic a lot of crap for many reasons right but I feel that he really should have had some time in NXT because yeah. I think that a lot of people would have really appreciated him and his actual talent because he's not horrible in the ring he's actually pretty you know good what? look at his style you know like it's it, it's it's he's, he's pretty good I have I have a proposal for you, and I'm not saying we we changed it around a couple times. We already had the uh, Madcap Moss line, if you will, and we've moved it because we feel like Madcap Moss has improved. Right now, Boris, I think the most average wrestler in the business is Dominic Mysterio. He's yeah. not bad at anything. He's not particularly great at anything. He's very young. He can improve. I think we officially renamed this the Dominic Mysterio line, and this match was right on the Dominic Mysterio line. Three minutes and five seconds average wwe match two and a half toothpicks out of five and i uh, official motion i am tabling the motion let's uh let's rename it the dominic mysterio line i second it <laughs> then it shall be so yep all right so uh electro lopez distracts mysterio which allowed mendoza to nail dominic with an insecurity fallon henley shows up to distract electro lopez <laughs> I'm just laughing because of what you called Brigham Jensen to me last night. Brings and Jensen confronts <laughs> Electra and Wild. Ray punched out Escobar. Dominic set up and hit Mendoza with a 619. 
Dominic ends up winning in this Dominic Mysterio line match. Yes. Two and a half out of five. Yeah. Briggs and Jensen officially on the BAM or NXT Talk podcast here do for will be known as the Incel Express. That's exactly <laughs> what they are, Boris. Oh, God. I don't know where they're going with this. Anyways, um, <laughs> Vic Joseph Wade Barrett introduced the Scott Hall vi- uh, Memorial Video Package. After that package, Cora Jade was in the parking lot with Mandy Rose's NXT Women's Championship and a paint spray can. She decided to not use the can and decided to go in the driver's seat of Rose's car with the title belt. For some reason, there was already a cameraman in the passenger seat. Uh, Mandy Rose appeared from the back seat and beat up Cora Jade. Rose picked up the paint can and spray painted the back of Jade. So it was Mandy's car because I don't think that was properly like fully explained, although we were supposed to. Uh, that's what I assumed, too. But I, I kind of wondered, was this Cora Jade getting into her own she, Range she, Rover? She gets by, by and by skateboard everywhere. Come on, you know this. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> that's true. That's her mode of transportation. Yes, of course, it makes sense. She skates to, the, to and from the shows. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this was Mandy Rose's Range Rover. So we are to believe that Mandy Rose knew that... Cora Jade would be setting traps for her partners. She was okay with that. She let her partners get trapped while waiting in her own car, setting her own double trap for Cora Jade, who she knew would come and try to steal Mandy Rose's Range Rover. She knew that Cora Jade was coming to commit Grand Theft Auto, and she protected herself and her property. And this makes Mandy Rose a heel. And she knew so much... (laughs) She knew that all of this was going to happen so much so that she brought a cameraman to the front seat, <laughs> parked him right in the passenger seat, and Cora J didn't even notice. Poor form, Cora. Come on, come on. How bad do you want this Range Rover that doesn't even belong to you? <laughs> I love wrestling. All right, the Creed <laughs> See, that's what I mean. At this point, at this point, it got so bad it was good. Still yeah. terrible, but like at least fun. Laugh at it. Terrible. Yep. The Creed brothers were in the ring yelling for their attackers to show up. MSK make their entrance. Bert said he totally thinks MSK did it. MSK were wearing NWO shirts. MSK noted that they didn't do it and even offered the Creed first crack at the title. Um, Bivens noted that the Creeds beat MSK in the Dusty Classic. Imperium made their entrance from the Crow's Nest. Bartell said they are all fighting for something they are never going to obtain. Bivens dared Imperium to come down and give them the title shot they deserve. Wesley said MSK deserve a title shot as much as the Creeds. Sure, even though they lost the Dusty Cup. Aigner said they don't see either team as a, as worthy. Aigner proposed a triple threat at Stand and Deliver. Bartell said that Bivens likes to talk about reality and perception, and the perception makes it seem like triple threat matches put Imperium in a disadvantage, but Imperium fears no one the a segment ended with the teams facing off dumb of them to book the same storyline in the tag team title match and the north american title match they're basically doing the same thing champions saying we'll take on all comers because we're the best and you can you just it's just lazy to do it twice but that wwe seems to do that a lot but uh I liked this promo for what it was. You know what I mean? And I'd rather see the Creed brothers talk than suplex Fabian Eichner on the top of his head. So, yep. Agreed. 
Uh, Cameron Grimes was all sweaty, and she was as he was interviewed by the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell. He said he's disappointed he won't get a chance to wrestle at at, at a NXT's at NXT's big show. He said the last thing he told his father before he passed away uh, was that he signed to NXT and that he was going to be a champion. Grimes said it's been three years and all he's been and all it's been is disappointing. Dot dot dot. Sad that they're forgetting that he is a million dollar champion, but uh, yeah, I think that's I think they're gearing up for a big push here up the, up the roster up the uh, card. I mean in NXT, and he will probably win a title before he ever touches foot on Raw or SmackDown. Uh, Malcolm Bivens questioned the grizzled young veterans and Inofi and Blade if they attacked the Creed brothers. Inofi and Blade said they were busy creeping on Mandy Rose. Zach Gibson said Inofi and Blade sound like simps. The Creed brothers showed up to yell at everyone. Gibson said they didn't attack the Creeds, uh, but if they knew how easy it was to get a title match, they would have jumped on the Creeds three weeks ago. Bivens challenged the grizzled young veterans on behalf of the Creed brothers for a match next week. Yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> all right. I kind of, kind of digging Malik and Edris right now. Like Edris and Ofe is doing like pure swag, pure style, like suit with no shirt. And, uh, Malik blade is like, you know, like sweater vest, like button down, like very, very prim and proper kind of guy. So it's, it's interesting, odd couple tag team thing they have going. Yep. Uh, main event time, Dolph Ziggler with Bobby Roode versus LA Knight for the NXT championship. Uh, this match went about 12 minutes. And it was pretty good. I, I really yeah. liked it. I really, really enjoyed this. Like, I think Knight is improving week after week in the ring. Absolutely. He's at least becoming more comfortable with the WWE style, quote unquote. And this was a WWE style match. It was Dolph Ziggler versus LA Knight. But it was a good version. It was a strong Monday Night Raw match. A strong SmackDown match. That's what it was. Yep, exactly. So Ziggler uh, tried to superkick Knight. Knight reversed it into a burning hammer. Uh, Rude put Ziggler's leg on the bottom rope for the break. Uh, Knight blocked a zigzag attempt, but was shoved into the turnbuckle. After that, Ziggler hits Knight with a super kick, and that's how he gets the win. So your winner uh, and still NXT champion is Dolph Ziggler. After the match, the Steiner sirens went off. Broadbreaker came out. Baker said he's not going to wait. Uh, and he wants his title rematch at Stand and Liver. Rude tried to blindside Breaker, but Breaker saw it coming and punched him out. Ziggler got in Breaker's face and agreed to Breaker's challenge. So there you go. Braun Breaker versus Dolph Ziggler for the NXT Championship at NXT Stand and Deliver. Yes, sir. Yeah, we'll run through all the cards like we've been doing recently after UK. We'll go through all the upcoming cards. But yeah, uh, Stand and Deliver shaken up pretty nicely. I'm liking where it's at. This was a solid match to close out the NXT show. A roller coaster of a program, as we've said a number of times. But uh, they ended on a strong note, so at least there's that. We'll go three and a half toothpicks out of five. A solid B. Tip of the cap to you, lads. Good match. Yep, exactly. Uh, any final words about this week's show? Holy Christ, I felt like I needed a pack of cigarettes when it was done. I was just exhausted. Yeah, I know, 100%. You know what that means? It's time to go to the UK. All right, it is time for NXT UK review on NXT UK Corner. Typically, we call this the best WWE show week over week. And Matt, 
I think that last week's show carried that tradition. Yeah, UK, it kind of hit a little bump the last couple of weeks, weren't as strong as the uh, incredibly high standard that they've set. But you know what? They cleared the bar this week. Awesome match to open it off. And uh, I really thought, man, a pretty strong main event too. Some intrigue for the coming weeks. I love UK. I love yep. NXT UK so much. Yep. So the opening match was Charlie Dempsey versus A-Kid. Yes, a dream match of sorts in NXT UK. Are these these might be the two best technical wrestlers in the entire company at this point. Yep, and it's crazy to think because Charlie Dempsey is just so young and he's so yeah. new, right? Like it's it's crazy, but he is so freaking good. Um, I love the beginning of this match because at the curtain, um, Charlie Dempsey was questioned, "Where is the rest of the familia?" He said he didn't need them, and this match was just about him and A-Kid. He then made his entrance. So I just love that it was one-on-one-ish. Charlie Dempsey yeah. versus A-Kid. Yeah, and at this moment, you kind of you're kind of thinking, hmm. Well, like A Kid's about to, because this was Thursday prior, right? So this was before NXT 2.0. We know that A Kid's going to be on 2.0. Really felt like okay, especially with Charlie Dempsey saying he doesn't need the help. He's the young kid. A Kid's gonna win this match clean. Yep, that didn't happen. All right, no so, sir. Rohan Raja appears. He sends A Kid into the ring post, uh, then back into the ring. Dempsey locks on his modified bow and arrow for the win at 12 minutes and 30 seconds honestly between this match and a kid versus Kushida that's seven about 18 minutes of your time that you should make at some point and watch both of a kids matches from WWE TV this week Yes, yeah, so this will be on the list probably, like like I said, near the bottom, like in the 100 to 122 of the top 122 of 2022 match of the year list coming live, bam, July 1st, or sorry, January 1st, 2023. Anyway, bars, uh, really, really strong match, awesome technical battle, just, just a grappling war, uh, a little bit of shenanigans, but you know what, they set up a future match, right, like, Charlie Dempsey said he wasn't going to cheat, but then he cheated because he's a he's a heel. That's what they do. And we will see Charlie Dempsey versus a kid again. If there's ever a UK takeover again, if they do like NXT UK Dublin show at some point, which was supposed to happen during the pandemic, this has to be on that card for 15 to 20 minutes. And it will be a classic. These guys are incredible. Four and a quarter uh, supernovas for this one, eighty-five percent solid A, solid A. Yeah, I love the match for many reasons. It gave you variety. It started as you know two respectful chaps going at it with technical <laughs> wrestling. As the match went on, it was more European style, and then it just descended into just more like just all-out brawl and and a fight. And I kind of love that storytelling as you know as these two guys are getting a little more personal. Each of them wants to win, so they're ditching their technical wrestling, and they're kind of putting out all, all their stops. Exactly, man. Yeah, that was the story they were telling, and they did a great job with it. And I love the the final shot of A-Kid, like, in the corner, not sulking, not like not like starfished on the ground, but in the corner looking up at Charlie Dempsey like, you motherfucker, like, you told me you were going to do this the right way. And Charlie Dempsey just standing tall, fists out, like, I am the toughest man, even though he cheated. He's yep. a dick. <laughs> so yeah, great. Just just perfect pro wrestling here. Just you don't need you don't need like to lock people in dumpsters. You don't need to go back to the 90s and do trash pudding matches and have people making out with each other in the ring. You can just pretend this is a athletic contest and treat it like 
a sport. And it's so much better that way. Just please do that. For the love of God, guys. Yep. All right. So Sid Scala then announced that Roderick Strong is going to be making appearance at on NXT UK next week against Wolfgang. Yeah. So Roderick Strong coming overseas. Very interesting. Wolfgang's a, it's a weird choice. I'd have put him against someone closer to his own size, but they love to do this with Roderick Strong. Put him against a big guy and have him mow him down. So. Yep. Okay. Uh, Stevie Turner interrupts Aaliyah James backstage, leading to an altercation. James walked away as Turner claimed she had important things to say. Uh, then this leads us into the next match, was a symbiosis, Primate and Tyson T-Bone with Eddie Dennis versus Danny Jones and Josh Morrell. Yes, Danny Jones and Josh Morrell doing like a big guy, small guy tag team. They had an awesome spot where they do the old small guy jumps up onto the big guy's shoulders. I believe Andre the Giant and Jimmy Snuka maybe made it famous back in the day. But uh, from there, instead of hitting like a super fly splash, Josh Morrell comes off of Danny Jones's shoulders with like an AJ Styles spiral tap, like a twisting, flippy moonsault, uh, whirling dervish thing. It was absolutely crazy. I was not expecting that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was so good. I I, I kind of like this a lot more than I think yeah. I should have. Hey, I agree. I, I would say for sure it was an above average wrestling match. Went six minutes and seven seconds. Uh, Primate pins Josh Morrell with the old Dynamite Kid, Chris Benoit, Daniel Bryan, diving headbutt. Please don't ever do that move. But uh, we'll go three supernovas out of five. Above average. Yep. Wild Boar shows up, takes out T-Bone and Primate with a chair. Wild Boar stood over Dennis, but his buddy saved him. Yes, Wild Boar, a Sammy Callahan-type Pokemon. Yep. Uh, Nina Samuels was giving us a guided tour of the BT Sports Studios when she bumped into Emilia McKenzie. Samuels claimed McKenzie was a loner after she had been forgotten by Miko Satamora. McKenzie stood up for herself. See, like, man, there's good comedy and wrestling nina samuels being so full of herself that she she thinks that she has her own show which she shoots at nine in the morning in the performance center and annoys everyone that's good comedy and wrestling you know what i mean they don't have to throw a pie in her face and <laughs> like I, I don't know like this was you can see the difference in in pro wrestling philosophies watching nxt 2.0 and nxt uk it's just really glaring it's so funny yeah i know it's crazy all right, Mustache Mountain told Ashton Smith and Oliver Oliver Carter that if they could be both beat them in singles matches, they could have a rematch at the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. And so I really I'm liking the slow build with uh, Trent and Tyler here. Tyler's like fighting champion. We'll fight you whenever. And Trent's like, well, well, wait a second. We'll give him uh, some single matches. And, and Trent is trying everything he can to hold on to this title. While Tyler Bate just, he's uh, he's Zen. He's a fighting champion. He thinks he's better than everyone. He's in a shit. Yep. This leads us into the next match, which is Noam Dar versus Joe Coffey in the NXT UK Heritage Cup Championship match. Noam is a treat. Not only is he so charismatic and such a fun likable promo but he's become a, a reliable main event wrestler in nxt uk he's he's just he's got it man he's got it all this guy except for size but yep. uh noam dar is something special i love noam dar we named the star ratings after noam every week because he's the best <laughs> we both love this guy yep all right let's go through round by round because I, I love these matches and it's been a while since we've seen a heritage cut match um so let, let's take it in 
Round one, Mark Coffey essentially controlled this match. By the end of the round, he was looking for a one-legged Boston Crab, but Dar was able to kind of fight it off as the bell rang to end the end the round. So, yes, pretty classic, easy. Mark classic Coffey, round one. Yeah, classic one, round one, as as Matt just said. Um, round two, Dar comes. Uh, he comes out strong. The coffee managed to keep him at bay with a headlock takedown. Um, coffee eventually pins Dar in the last few seconds of the round after a Glasgow send-off. Yeah, I really like that and kind of didn't see it coming. They rarely have the champ lose the first fall so quickly. Yep. Yeah, this was really well done. I kind of like this because, like you said, it's different, right? So round three. Um, Coffee is is really trying to get the win at this point. Uh, Noam Dar is is looking for 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 his own pin. Dar locks on the champagne super knee, but Coffee wriggled out. Dar eventually rolls up Coffee for a three count to level out the score. My one nitpick with the match, and it is a pretty big nitpick. We all know wrestling's fake, whatever. But like, it was a it was a bad roll up. It was one of those cheesy roll ups that you know. Would the guy would have kicked out at zero point zero 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 one if it were real, right? Yep. Yep. But uh, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. So because of the champagne super knee bar, coffee is now um, you know, he he's selling the leg. He comes uh Dar goes and, and goes after the leg, he focuses on the leg. Dar dominates coffee for the first two minutes. Coffee rallied for the final minute with a springboard shoulder block and a belly to belly. Coffee locks in the Boston Crab, but Dar got to the ropes with seconds left in the round. Yes. So basically saved by the ball, but he did actually break out of the hold himself. Yep. Uh, round five, Dar hits a drop kick in the corner straight from the sound of the bell. I really love that because it's like, okay, I got to get my shit together and actually win this match. Uh, Coffee lands a huge strike and he looks, it kind of looked like he was going to win for a couple seconds, but Shaw Samuels put Dar's leg on the rope. Uh, Mark Coffee took out Samuels on the outside. There was a lot of confusion and pandemonium. Dar was able to hit a Nova Roller to win the round and retain his championship. So Noam Dar defeated Mark Coffee two rounds to one to retain the NXT UK Heritage Cup Championship at 17 minutes, 45 seconds. That's why it's so rewarding to watch so many of these matches because when he's when he hits that finish right at the end, you're like, oh, like is he gonna get the pin in time? Are they gonna do save by the bell again, which we always see? But they they kind of did a fake save by the bell, and Noam actually did get the win at the buzzer with his finish. I really like this match a lot, man. Uh, with that one roll up thing notwithstanding, I would still say very very good match. We're gonna go three and three quarters. It's a B plus and. I think this was better than anything on 2.0. Yeah, this match was great. Like, this match was really good. You know, it, it, I said it before and I'll say it again. I love these different presentations of professional wrestling. Um, these Heritage Cup matches can be a little long, especially for TV, but there's so, there, I think that there's always a payoff at the end of these matches. Yeah, man, absolutely. And isn't it funny? Like, you treat wrestling like a sport. You treat it with some dignity, and it comes across that way. And if you treat it like trash, it comes across that way. And that's why UK is great, and NXT 2.0, a lot of the time, is trash. And when they do take it seriously, it's great. Yep. All right, Matt. Run down all the cards Excalibur styles. All right. NXT UK, St. Patrick's Day, March 17th, 2022. We have Roderick Strong coming over versus Wolfgang. We also have Tyler Bate versus Oliver Carter. 
Uh, next week's NXT 2.0, Tuesday, March 22nd, 2022, we have three matches. North American title ladder match qualifiers, A-Kid versus Grayson Waller, and Roderick Strong versus Solo Sokoa. A couple of interesting matches there. A couple styles clashes, maybe. It'll be very cool to see. We also have the Women's Dusty Cup final, Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu versus Io Shirai and Kaylee Ray. In two weeks, NXT UK, March 24th, 2022, we have Isla Dawn versus Maiko Satomura for the women's NXT UK title. Also unannounced, but will probably happen, is Ashton Smith versus Trent Seven because they set up those two singles matches. And then we have Stand and Deliver at noon Eastern, April 2nd, 2022. Five matches so far. Tommaso Ciampa versus Tony D'Angelo. Triple threat tag match for the NXT men's tag team titles. The Diamond Mines, Brutus and Julius Creed versus Imperium, Fabian Eichner and Marcel Barthel versus MSK, Nash Carter and Wes Lee. We have a five-man ladder match, Boris, for the NXT North American title. Carmelo Hayes versus Santos Escobar. Ya boy versus the winner of Solo Sokoa, Roderick Strong versus the winner of A-Kid and Grayson Waller versus a TBD fifth opponent. Women's NXT title match, Boris, the coronation of Cora Jade, Mandy Rose versus Cora Jade, and in your main event for the men's NXT title, Dolph Ziggler champion versus Braun Breaker challenger, Boris. Yep. Yeah, man. Tons to get through over the next few weeks. It's going to it's gonna be a fun ride. Let's see where this goes. You know, standing liberals looking all right. We'll see. We'll see what happens with all of this. All right. On the SNME network, you have the midweek market, which is already out. You have um, All Elite Weekly with the old fucks coming at you on Thursday. On Friday, top 10 Scott Hall matches on BAM. That's Matt and I getting back at you with some sports and wrestling talk. Then on Saturday, it's those shows a Saturday. Dark Side of Elite, they review Rampage. And then your Smack Daddies. As they review all things SmackDown, um, this leads us into Sunday with Mike McGuire hosting Sunday night's main event, the flagship show. Because you're a patron, you typically get the show a little early. Um, and then this week, we're going to be releasing the Matt Cardona interview on YouTube. Make sure you go to YouTube, youtube.com slash Sunday night's main event radio, all spelled out. Um, we got a pretty link that one to SNME radio. Anyways. But uh, go and subscribe. We're going to be using the YouTube page a lot more. You can watch interviews. You'll be able to watch past um, after parties and all the like. And yeah, and we're going to be getting at you very soon with the schedule for WrestleMania week. We have a ton of shows planned, couple preview shows. Matt and I are coming at you like 20 times that week. Oh, it's <laughs> going to be good. Can't wait, man. Yeah, April 2nd is going to be fun. Two shows Saturday for us. And yeah, one more time, uh, Scott Hall's family and friends in our thoughts. And uh, yeah, rest in peace to one of the all-time greats. Yeah, yeah, yeah.